Hello there. I'm David A. Specht, and I want to be your coach. If there's anything that I have learned in my 30-plus years of leadership and coaching, I have learned that mindset is everything. Join me and my guests as we explore the positives and negatives of that thing between our ears. This is Keep This In Mind. Hello there. Welcome to Keep This In Mind, brought to you by SpectHealth.com. And of course, I am David A. Spect. Welcome to the show today. It's going to be a very exciting day for, for me and an exciting day for you as a viewer and the listener because I have my good friend Dwight Dion with us today. And Dwight is a tax strategist. Now, you say, what is that? Is that the guy that does your taxes for you? No, he is the guy that keeps you from doing taxes or keeps you from paying too many much anyway, because Here's the thing. This show's about mindset. And a lot of times we think that the way things are are the way things are always going to be. But life's not that way. Life is a is a series of journeys and ups and downs and, and pivots and changes. And one of those areas is you may have always been told that, you know, what are, what are, what are the absolutes? Death and taxes. And But here's the thing. There's a different way to approach the idea of Taxation. There's a different way to approach the idea of income and the idea of of revenue and and how all that works together. And actually, from conversations that Dwight and I have had, the tax code is actually set up to help you do that, to help you move from a place of just filing and paying taxes to a place of actually partnering with the government. So, Dwight, welcome to the show today. Thanks, David. Glad to be here. Long time viewer. So excited to be here. Well, that's good. You and about three other people. So thank you. <laughs> so I do want to talk about that. The mindset is a lot of us grew up with the idea that you go to work for somebody, you get a W-2 at the end of the year, you file your, your taxes each year, you pay by April the 15th, and you repeat that cycle. You probably put some money away in an IRA or 401k, you know, the, so they can't get to it when you hit retirement. But that's really not the only avenue that people have. Kind of talk about, number one, how you became a tax strategist. And number two, what are some of those mindset shifts that take place? You know, there, there, there's a real progression from the idea of being a worker to somebody who moved into a, a different place. Kind of, kind of hit us with some of that. Well, first of all, my dad does taxes. He, he's still at 74 years old, has his own tax office where he prepares tax returns. And both he and my mom have had W-2 jobs in the past, but they always had a side hustle. They always had something extra that they were doing where they were self-employed. And for my dad, that was the tax office. He also did custom framing at one point, but for the most part, it was taxes. And so he's the one that actually taught me how to do taxes. And tax preparation and tax strategy are two separate services. It's like when you go get your hair cut, and you you want a haircut and a shampoo, well, they charge you for two separate services. So it's similar. So a lot of times people are just going to someone to have their taxes prepared. And then by the way, oh, if you do this, it might save you some money next year. So me, I like to work with my clients year round. I can see their financials month to month, each quarter, how they're tracking. And then along the way, recommend some strategies that they can take advantage of to help lower that tax, you know, the tax burden that's coming up. Because ultimately, I believe that people can do better with the money in their pocket than send it to the government, regardless of who's in office. We can always do better with the money that we've earned and keep more of it in our pocket. And then also, like you alluded to, the tax system is actually set up 
for us to partner with the government. It encourages our behavior. And as long as we do what the government wants us to do from a tax standpoint, we're always going to come out winners. And and the tax code itself, there's 99% of it is actually written for us to take advantage of it and avoid paying taxes. Only 1% of the tax code talks about paying taxes. The government wants us to do what it, you know, by the way they pass the laws and structure things to partner with them and ultimately save money on taxes. So tell me about that. I mean, you say 99% of the tax code written to keep you from having to pay it, but their revenue has to come from somewhere. So is it is it the what the person or the business does that's providing additional revenue to them outside of the individual income tax structure or it or are they just going, hey, we're going to lose money? That, that doesn't sound right. So, so, so kind of what is the advantage, I guess, to the government for this partnership? Yeah. So talk about W-2 employees, you know, W-2 employees, every time they get paid, they already have taxes taken out. So they have their federal withholdings. They have their Social Security and Medicare already withheld because the government doesn't trust us to pay them at the end of the year or to save for retirement, or to be able to provide our health insurance when we get 65. So the government goes ahead and and confiscates this money basically throughout the year. And and then that way, when we go to file taxes, the amount that we had withheld for the federal anyway, and if you're in a state that has state income tax, we have hopefully enough money to pay what we owe. Unlike if you're a business owner, you know, I pay my employees every two weeks. I'm withholding that tax you know, send it to the proper authorities. But I also get to deduct my utilities, my rent, my insurance, all my expenses. And then I only pay on the net income for my business, which is completely different from that of the W-2 employee. So, so you know, for the most part, that W-2 employee is the one paying the taxes. Of course, as a business owner, there are some taxes for me to pay as well. But I can kind of, you know, honestly deduct you know, expenses from the business, which helps lower my taxes ultimately. So in a nutshell, I would say then they are encouraging you to create more W-2 employees and thereby that's how they're, they're receiving their, their additional revenue. They're incentivizing you and helping you create a, a bigger business or a more successful business because they know you're going to hire W-2 employees, which will then pay taxes to them. Is that, is that Spot a Spot on. Yeah. Because that's why a lot of times they, these big corporations, they, they, people complain, well, they don't pay any taxes. Yeah, but they are hiring a lot of people who do pay taxes. And so that's where the government incentivizes the tax system for business owners uh, to make it favorable to hire employees. So tell me if I am the guy that doesn't want to pay taxes. I'm a W-2 guy. You know, I've, I've, I've worked for the same company. Yeah, I've put a little bit of money away, but I feel like there's more there. Tell, tell me, how do I shift my mindset or, or what are some of the actionable steps that I take that say, hey, what, you know, I don't want to be that guy anymore. What are some of the areas, you know, I, we talk about the cash quadrants and I'll let you kind of explain what that is. But, you know, the, the lowest you know, on the quadrant is the employee, the W-2 employee. Kind of explain the progression through the quadrants and what the advantages are to those four quadrants. Yeah. So it's Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad book that mentions the cash flow quadrant. And so the four squares, you have the W-2 employee, the self-employed person, and then the big business owner, which would be an S-corp, C-corp, 
even a partnership could fall into that category. And then the investor. So as you start off as a W-2 employee, I always recommend that you have a side hustle, drive for Uber, lawn care, some sort of extra business that you're doing on the side where then you can start deducting some of your expenses. For example, if you drive for Uber, well, now you're using your personal cell phone because you have to have the app you know, to get your rides to, you know, to go into the next ride. So now your cell phone is partially deductible through the business, whereas before you weren't able to do that as a W-2 employee. Maybe you have a home office that you use you know, for the business. So now you're able to deduct part of your electricity, your water, your mortgage interest, your property taxes. And before as a W-2 employee, that's not an option for you. So move down to that self-employed person. And then if you go diagonally up, get to the big business. So maybe your side hustle turns into where you know it's exploding and, and maybe you forget that W-2 job. Now you're completely self-employed and your business is making a lot of money. So it makes sense to go to an escort, perhaps, where you can start really saving money because you're avoiding a lot of the self-employment tax that you would as a Schedule C filer. And then ultimately, we want to get down to that, the I guess, the lower right quadrant, which is the investor quadrant. And that's where you're really invested in stocks. But I prefer real estate for this because, in my opinion, real estate's the best way to build wealth and mitigate your taxes. But regardless, even if you're a W-2 employee, you can you can start to do all of this currently. You don't have to wait and just completely cut ties with your W-2 job. When I started my tax office over 10 years ago, I had a corporate job where I got a W-2. And I did that for three years, working both you know, my corporate job plus the tax office and in order, you know, until I could get the tax office built up enough for me to go jump in with both feet. That was just something, I guess, because I was kind of conservative and just wanted to make sure it was going to work before I mm-hmm. cut ties with the corporate job. And believe me, the, the W-2 job, it provides security, you know, depending if you're at a, at a good company, the pay is well, the benefits are well. So they make it really, really hard for you to decide to go leave and, and start your own business. So I understand completely. I was there. So, so not everybody's cut out to go through all of the quadrants. But like you said, you certainly can do some other things to offset. And I want to dive into that just a little bit because I think you and I are of the same same cut where multiple streams of income are a necessity now. They're, they're, not, they're not just, oh, I got this little thing over here on the side. Now it's there's uncertainty in so many different industries now. There's no guarantee that you're going to work your 40 years and get the gold watch. So what would be your advice? We talked about Uber and stuff, but what would be your advice to that person? Maybe that's my age. They're 50. They've been working the same job, same W-2 job all their life. They got a little bit of a, a nest egg built up because they're, you know, they're, they're probably a good saver, but they see, they see the horizon and they're just not sure that they're going to be taken care of moving forward. And, you know, they're sick and tired of paying taxes. They see what, you know, Washington's doing or Nashville's doing or Baton Rouge is doing, you know, pick your state capital. And they're like, you know what? I can do better with this than what I'm counting on others to do with it. You know, social security is going to be so, so security by the time I hit the age, you know, (laughs) what would be your advice to that person to say, you know what, here's something you can do. Kind of, kind of go that because you, you Google side hustle. The next thing you know, you're, you're overwhelmed with opportunities. 
both scams and non-scams. So, so kind of talk about what maybe your, your natural progression was in, in through your own life's experience. Well, it's possible that you're talking about someone that's, that's 50 or older. You know, maybe it doesn't make sense to quit their W-2 job. They're, they're nearing retirement. What, what I, they don't want to mess with second business or, or something that they own like that. I would recommend investing in real estate then. Go diagonally to the lower right quadrant where the investor is, because depending on the amount of your W-2 income, you could start taking some of the passive losses that real estate generates. Now, passive losses is just a paper loss. So hopefully you are, you know, generating a profit. It's just from a tax standpoint, the, the IRS gives us what's called depreciation. So by the time we depreciate the investment property and take all the other expenses minus the income, Hopefully, we're left with a loss on paper, at least from the tax return standpoint. And as long as your income isn't above a hundred thousand, you can deduct up to twenty-five thousand each year in these passive losses. So now, instead of paying a hundred thousand, let's say you do have a ten thousand dollar loss from this real estate property that you bought. Well, now you're only being taxed on ninety. So that's a ten thousand dollar savings right there. As your income goes up to 150,000, that 25,000 does start to phase out. So, you know, once you hit over 150,000, these passive losses, uh, you do have to meet some other requirements in order to still claim them, which is, is probably another strategy that we could uh, talk about on a, another recording, but uh, it's real estate professional status. Uh, so that's what I would recommend is going ahead because ultimately, you know, that could be some good income come retirement. I call it mailbox money. Mm-hmm. So instead of you, you know, having to get up and go work, greet at Walmart. I saw somebody at Walmart the other day. And I, was, I felt so sorry for him still having to work. And uh, it's probably because he just didn't have things set up properly. Nobody was there to give him guidance. And uh, he didn't have any, a steady stream of monthly passive income coming in. So the beauty of real estate is if you take the depreciation out and you just minus the income and the expenses, you should have a positive cash flow. And so by the time you do that, that's just extra money that you have coming in. And by the time you take the depreciation on your taxes, it's tax-free income. So that, let's, I, you spoke a lot and you gave a lot of, of strategy, which is a to me, by the way. But here's the thing. There's not very many people that do what you do that are well-known. Meaning if, if I was watching this, you know, in my town, you know, Main Street, USA. And I'm sure you hear this all the time. Well, I've got a CPA who looks out for my taxes. Would you just reiterate a little bit more from the standpoint of a difference between a tax strategist and and who what your CPA may be doing and, and why probably it's not one or other, it's the it's both. It's not either or, it's and. Kind of explain, you know, why the and is important. Well, with a tax preparer, and and for the past, I don't know, eight, nine years, I've been a tax preparer, or at least owned you know a, a couple tax preparation offices where all we did was prepare tax returns, which meant all we did was say, all right, David, this is your refund this year, or all right, David, this is how much you owe this year. And David would say, well, why do I owe this? And we would explain the tax return, and David would say, well, what can I do differently? Uh, keep track with your expenses better, or make sure you're claiming all your mileage. There would be really no strategy from a high level standpoint. 
And the problem with CPAs and, and most tax professionals is they get bogged down with trying to complete so many tax returns every year. It's a volume game to them. They want to see how many more tax returns they can do. So I limit the number of clients that I work with on an annual basis because I'm putting strategies in place and I don't need to be bogged down with completing tax returns because I can't help you plan not to you know, not to pay taxes. I did a the IRS just released their data. Every time somebody e-files tax returns, it gets registered with the IRS. And so as an you know, my offices where we e-file tax returns, it's public data. You know, anybody can go look and see how many returns that we prepare. And uh, so being nosy, just in our area, David, where we live, Middle Tennessee, I looked at the top four CPA firms, people you know that are more well-known. On average, they completed 5,000 tax returns. So just these four CPAs combined completed 20,000 tax returns. This is just in our area. So do you really think they had time when when you came in and you're owing $100,000 in taxes to really help you plan for next year to help avoid paying that much in taxes? And just so you know, a tax return, all it is is a report card for what you did the previous year. By the time you come in to prepare your taxes, there's very little strategy that you can take advantage of because the tax year is already over. So now's the time to be tax planning. We're in the middle of the year. We've got a few more, you know, about six more months left in the year. So we've still got half the year to plan and put some things in place to help, you know, mitigate taxes and, you know, help people keep more money in their pocket. So we've covered a lot of ground and I want to put this out there. If anybody who has, who is watching this, who's listening to this has had this aha moment saying, Oh my goodness, I need to bring this level of expertise into my into my business, into my into my daily walk. How would somebody go about finding someone like you? Either you or somebody in general. How 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 would you how could they reach you to take a look at what they're doing and, and begin the, the strategy process? Well, as far as contacting me, I have a, a landing page where they can go and schedule an appointment with me. For 30 minutes, I get to know your situation. I don't charge for this because I want to see if you're somebody that I can help. So it's dwd.dwightdie.com slash contact. And you can go on, schedule an appointment. Uh, there was something else I was going to mention, though, David. You're talking about the CPAs. And, you know, for the most part, believe it or not, I only have a couple clients that are here where I live. Due to technology, most of my clients are around the country. Um, so I have just a couple here locally. So, you know, I'm able to meet people with Zoom. Um, so it's, it's not a big deal if you live out of state. I can still help you. So say, say that uh, website again, and I'll put it, make sure we put it in the show notes as well. Okay. It's DWD. And a lot of times people think DWD stands for my initials, but it's actually darn well done. So DWD. <laughs> And I don't think I've ever told anybody that. So that's an exclusive. There you go. Over here, David. Uh, DWD.DwightDye.com slash contact. All right. And that'll get you a, thir- uh, did you say, 30-minute planning session? 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. 
That that trust me, I've sat in his office before, so I know I know he'll he'll get right to the brass tacks and see what what works. And you'll actually walk away with tremendous value. I I, I can't speak highly enough of what Dwight does. So Dwight, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, again, folks, you don't have to move into the different quadrants. But if you want to, there is definitely a path and a tax advantage to doing so. And um, like I always say, I want to end the show with what I always end with. Now you have the knowledge. Are you going to apply it? Because applied knowledge is power. God bless. That is going to do it for this episode of Keep This In Mind. For more, visit davidaspect.com. Like, follow, and subscribe. Thank you for listening. And remember... Applied knowledge is power. God bless.